0: You're listening to Fit Pro Sessions with Parallel Coaching, episode number, I think, Hayley, we're on number eight. Correct me if I'm wrong.
1: Yes, we're on eight.
0: Hi, I'm Neil, and this is Hayley. And in today's podcast, we're talking about planes of motion. Welcome to today's Revision Power Hour. Stay tuned.
1: Hi, I'm Neil Bergman. And I'm Hayley Bergman. Over the last 10 years, we've helped thousands of fitness professionals to get qualified, learn with simplicity and coach clients with confidence.
0: We're the first to say that learning and being a fit pro doesn't have to be hard work and that with the right structure, support and resources, you can become a confident and knowledgeable fitness professional that is dedicated to more. So
1: how do you learn, qualify and kickstart as a fit pro? This is the Fit Pro Sessions podcast with Parallel Coaching.
0: You know, when we started our YouTube channel, Hayley, I never would have guessed, never for a million years would have guessed that a simple three and a half minute video would become our most popular video over time. We didn't even, I'm going to say, we didn't even think about the the quality of the sound, the quality of the lighting. We just did it in the in the front living room. I pulled the camera out. Bam. And we started talking about planes of motion and a couple of years on this three and a half four minute video has reached hundreds of thousands of views and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of comments from people all over the world saying you have finally made the penny drop around planes of motion. So do you know what? I want to kickstart. I know episode number four or five on the first revision one um, back at, back earlier in the week was all about you know why A and P is important. But I wanted to jump into one of these subsystems yeah. around physiology, not anatomy, around physiology, so the function of 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 our body, of our having, body yeah. and talk about planes to motion. Yes. <laughs> yes. So um, here we go. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you the questions. Okay. And if that's crilling. okay, so yeah. um, and I'm gonna try and catch you out. So <laughs> what? Is it? What is planes of motion?
1: What is a plane of motion? Um, A plane of motion is basically a a dimension. So if you think of something that is 2D, like a cartoon drawing, that only has two dimensions to it. We are 3D bodies. We have three dimensions to our body that we move within. So when we're talking about physiology and moving, then we move in three different dimensions. Well, we
0: hope we move in three different dimensions.
1: Well, we move in three every single day.
0: We do. I would say majority of the clients I've one. trained favor one plane of movement over another.
1: Absolutely. And which that's be...
0: why they're inactive and sedentary. And for my clients, overweight and, and deconditioned.
1: Absolutely. And most of the time we'll find ourselves in a sagittal, uh, plane of motion and that's because it's the the plane of motion where we're moving forward. That's our walking and our sitting The other one is frontal plane, which we don't do as often You might do it when you're say stepping to the side on the pavement when you're dodging people that's um, Frontal plane, which you if you think about you don't necessarily do that often um, And then on the other side, it that's because be... we
0: drive everywhere. We're not on the pavement.
1: Well, there you go. that will be why <laughs> um, and then transverse is when you're twisting um so Putting a seatbelt on, et cetera. Um, and what you often find is that wiping cli- your bum on the toilet. That would be transverse to some extent. Yes, that's <laughs> lovely image, Neil. <laughs> um, but it's also why a lot of injuries that clients have generally come from a twisting motion, a transverse twisting motion. So this understanding of all the planes of motion that we have is that
0: because we don't do enough transverse or train within the transverse that's why injuries show up
1: yeah exactly if we favor like you said with your clients you're in sagittal all the time and then you suddenly do something that say twists like transverse all of a sudden or lots of repetitions of that say like a cashier a a supermarket where they're twisting all day that twisting motion is going to cause an injury because it's so rarely trained compared to say the sagittal.
0: So those muscles are overused or misused.
1: Exactly, and by understanding the planes of motion you actually understand so much more about the body. So um, let's say for example you do running, um, you are overusing a particular plane of motion like sagittal in that case a lot. Whereas if you're say a cashier you might be overusing the transverse plane more. So there's lots of ways you can look at it, but essentially there are three planes of motion, sagittal, frontal, and transverse. I went off on a tangent, I apologize.
0: Cool, so that would explain <laughs> as well. So I, as you know, or maybe you don't know, uh, but myself and Hayley have been uh, very much into our running over the last four years. Yeah. So if we consider that, that sagittal is all about, fle- mainly of the joint actions, of flexion extension mm-hmm. of, the jo- of the joints, which create a sagittal movement, Yeah. correct? correct and running is flexion extension of the ankle knee and hip. and hip um elbow shoulder whatever uh which creates us to run forwards now we went into um um well, oh, not oh not just ultras it's off the tip of my tongue um trail trail events there we go how could i forget <laughs> that how could i forget so we went into trail so we went from road which was you know quite i'm gonna say safe and secure in the predictable, in predictable. and all of a sudden we now had to sidestep and have some rotation going over styles going round fences going yes. through um gates and now the impact that had on us Mm. Was phenomenal, wasn't it? Because we now had to change our style of training to match with demand specific adaptation to an imposed demand. I hope you listened to uh, episode four of the last revision five module five. Six. There we go. <laughs> I think it's four um, around the said principle. Because now we're training specifically inside the conversation of planes of motion.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Yeah. So, training, yeah, a major part of it. So, planes of motion are three dimensions and understanding those will allow you to help with your training planning as well.
0: Another example would be that a lot of my clients historically have, as I've said, uh, have been you know overweight, um, deconditioned, sedentary, have a very inactive uh, job. And they live in this, I'm going to say one dimensional sagittal world. So they take the least path of resistance. And I found that a lot of clients, um, because they live in this sagittal world, they neglect frontal and transverse even more. And when it comes to basic tasks, um, such as mowing the lawn or getting the washing in or getting the washing out of the washing machine where they have to bend down, which is sagittal, but then add a transverse element in and go across into another plane that's when injuries show up
1: absolutely and that's one of the reasons why you do need to know about planes of motion as a fit pro beyond your exam so you will get tested it on your exam so level two and level three anatomy and physiology planes of motion will come up
0: you're going to get at least four to six questions around this topic
1: Yeah, absolutely. Just to warn
0: you. There we go. There you go.
1: (laughs) And also, um, like what Neil said, understanding how the body moves will help you understand why our clients get injured doing certain things or why they're avoiding moving in certain ways. But also, um, it allows us to understand functional opposites. So in your level... Tell me more. I'm
0: intrigued now.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, It's probably the, the main time that planes of motion comes up in a practical session in the classroom that we're doing as part of our PT course, so we're doing a PT course and we teach the advanced training systems as part of that. And one of the advanced training systems is an agonist antagonist superset.
0: So push pull, so bicep <laughs> tricep, uh, leg extension, leg curl, uh,
1: chest press, seated row, lat pull down, shoulder, shoulder press. press. So they are functional opposites that's what um as agonist antagonist superset is about is so that one set of muscles can totally relax whilst the others are working muscles
0: always work in pairs that is a rule a principle of the body
1: exactly for, if
0: there's one muscle uh, it has to have an opposite for yes. every action there's a reaction
1: and the agonist will always be the opposite one to the agonist and it'll always be resting antagonist. whilst. I said the antagonist oh, is always there we go. the agonist. <laughs> always be resting. <laughs> Just trying
0: to catch you out.
1: Whilst the agonist is working. So if you want to work out what a true agonist antagonist superset is, and therefore have a balanced approach on the body, you need to be aware of planes of motion. So we had a course on the weekend, and quite often people will pick these two different... They think, oh, it's a push and a pull, so it doesn't really matter. But they don't oh, I like necessarily, it. Oh, I where well, you're going with it now. They don't necessarily get the exact functional opposite so let's say for example um one of our learners had a chest press uh, sorry a shoulder press followed by a bent over row and i was like oh it's not really a, an agonist antagonist superset
0: because one's gone they're still shoulders lats yeah
1: yes. but the problem yes exactly they're That's, shoulders yeah. and lats but the problem is did i
0: almost catch you out yeah you Meg? did you oh did. <laughs> but
1: the problem is that they're not in the same, same plane, plane of, of motion. motion. So shoulder press is will be in a frontal plane mostly, which is um, the functional opposite to that is gonna be like a lat pull down or a chin up.
0: So another way to remember this, I find, is a shoulder press is a vertical push exercise. Nice. So I'm pushing vertically. So if you're watching on YouTube now, I'm pushing vertically. Yeah, Therefore awesome. the functional opposite has to be a v- vertical,
1: Pull exactly, and then the other side of that is a horizontal push, like a press up or a chest press, and then the reverse of that would be the bent the horizontal pull, pull. which is your bent over row, your seated row, etc. So it gives a real clear understanding. If you understand the body, you can. It's not a surprise. It's easy to come up with these supersets, and I find sometimes when learners have jumped straight to understanding the training systems or trying to understand training systems. The
0: funky, sexy stuff of training systems and exercises. But
1: not grasp the planes of motion at level two or at level three, they end up, it falls apart and they don't understand why they don't get it.
0: Completely, and and then what, what works very closely with planes of movement is also joint actions. Yes. So what's happening at a particular joint um, and what is that joint moving through? So for example, um, Hayley's, um, this, is a, this, is, this is where I'm going to try and catch Haley out. So what's happening at my shoulder now as I do a shoulder press.
1: Abduction. I'm
0: abduction. Uh, and, and your
1: elbow's uh, extending. And my
0: elbow's extending. But the point there is I wanted to highlight is abduction. And yeah. then when I put, but the shoulder press comes down eccentrically, my shoulder is adducting. adducting. So I've got shoulder abduction and adduction in a vertical Uh, push pull pull, which is frontal plane however if i now went to a bent over row
1: yeah
0: my shoulder is no longer adducting or abducting
1: it's flexing and extending it's flexing
0: and extending and this is the point i why it's so important and i just want to kind of bat that ball home out, out the park and just say it's not a case of now understanding planes of motion i must understand what's happening at each joint as well Yes. If I don't understand what's happening at each joint, is it flexion, extension, adduction, abduction, inversion, eversion, pronation, supination, those yeah. to that terminology, then again, I can't fully understand what exercise to give them because I now need in the opposite to that. So if I'm now pulling, doing a shoulder press, a vertical push, I'm going through abduction and adduction, I now need a horizontal pull Inside abduction and adduction as well, vertical pull, a vertical pull rather, yeah, yes. yeah,
1: exactly. So, exactly. I've got
0: to stay within abduction and adduction of the shoulder in order for it to be a true
1: superset. Perfect, that's the one,
0: that's for one.
1: Um, and then, also, part of this is this linked into what you said a moment ago <clears throat> and in with understanding these you legs. Like You've got a
0: cold today,
1: I'm not i'm just a bit <laughs> <laughs> a little bit gravelly, um, so. If your client has a sporting goal, for example, like we're talking about running quite a bit, you know that that's primarily sagittal. So the exercises that you choose would be more specific to that goal. It doesn't mean that you can't do the other ones, but more specific to that goal if you chose sagittal-based movements like a lunge or a leg press compared to a lateral lunge, which is a frontal plane. So you can start choosing them specifically. But remember, there is still benefit in doing the others, um, not just working in one plane because that's the sport that they're going to play, for example. Cool.
0: Um, (laughs) Looking at our notes, i got my next question. I think we've kind of overspilled into this. I'm going to ask it anyway. And if there's anything else you can add, go for it. But why do fitness professionals need to know um, about planes of motion i'm not just talking about gym instructors fitness instructors personal trainers circuit instructors kettlebell instructors i'm talking about pilates yoga aqua kids fitness like the whole spectrum of being a fitness pro oh
1: so why they need yeah to know why it? do they need to I feel like we've already answered this so i'm going to sum it up quickly yeah um it's not just about the exams it's also about knowing how the body moves knowing about your functional opposites and your supersets knowing your sport specific actions and being able to match that to the specific goal that you want to adapt to get better at and being able to observe your clients and knowing what compensations are happening so you can plan accordingly wicked there you go yeah.
0: I, I like that last point being able to actually observe the client we talk about this on course and at would imagine you know if you're with another provider hopefully your providers talking the same the same stuff uh, and, and you're doing it, but what am I looking at at my client when they're on the treadmill, when they're on the cross trainer, when they're doing a shoulder press, and and observing? It's not just a case of walking around from 360 degrees and going, "Oh, you look really good. It looks okay." It's now looking and thinking, "Am I working in the correct plane of movement? Am I adhering to that plane of movement? Am I within it?"
1: Yeah, exactly. So and if you've got what- someone running on the treadmill and their left elbow is abducting slightly more than their right elbow well you might look at that and go oh now i know it's going away from the body it's abducting a bit more what muscles might be tight what muscles might be weak where's the compensation happening are they now moving in a different plane of motion Mm. and you can start bringing all the information that you've learned together and that only comes from real good observation like you're a human x-ray machine a
0: human x-ray machine I love it. I love it. So uh, I did have another question. In fact, no, it's a point I wanted to make. Uh, anatomy and physiology exam at level two. Majority of providers have fifty questions, mm. and at level three, it's forty questions.
1: Forty, yes, that usually, might yeah. vary.
0: There's a couple of providers out there that have thirty-seven questions. as well that's okay the point is you can go to uh, www.parallel-coaching.com no parallelcoaching.co.uk that's the one that's the one i just gave them our our old website which was like five years ago
1: yeah
0: parallelcoaching.co.uk yeah okay and download mock questions relevant to your course
1: absolutely and they will include some on planes of
0: motions. which means you can practice the type and style and structure of a question and break this down, but also take a second in re- your revision process and think about what's actually going on here, what are they asking of me? What? How does this relate to a client in the future?
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Boom, so why do fit pros find it hard, so hard to, to learn this stuff?
1: I think we've also touched on this quite a lot, and that's because it relies so heavily on the understanding of joint actions And joint actions taught at level two and at level three. So understanding what flexion and extension is, abduction and adduction, understanding all those different words. And for some people, that terminology and long words are just so new to them. They've not had chance to put that into their body. They've not given it time. And they're trying to just absorb it all in one instant rather than um, allowing themselves to learn each joint action. Once you've learned all the joint actions, I think it's easier to get your head around the planes of motion because you know yeah. how the body moves.
0: A couple of, uh, a few years ago, um, Haley and I did some work with Tony Robbins. It was mm. amazing, amazing. Um, we did a couple of uh, UPWs, Unleash for Power Within. Yeah. We went to Business Mastery with him. We did some other bits and we did some Tony Robbins coaching. Um and the, the one thing I got from all of that was repetition. I got loads of things. Yeah, the yeah. big thing was repetition is the mother of all skill. Absolutely. And when it comes to learning and revising, it's repetition, repetition, repetition. Even though at times we might feel we've repeated it too much or through that repetition, we come a little bit bored. And so we don't do it. So if you're finding that point where you're going, I'm still not getting or understanding this. Start repeating it, but learn it in a slightly different way. Yeah. Maybe reading about it, you've kind of um, bored yourself to death. So maybe go and watch something on our YouTube channel yeah. so, to get a different perspective. Go back and re-listen to this podcast so you can start repeating it in a different perspective and have a different message have a different mode going into your body so you can specifically adapt your brain <laughs>
1: absolutely it's what we talk about in our original mastery bootcamp. we've got audio downloads in there of each of the modules and systems um and the benefit of that audio download is for that repetition do
0: you know what one learner did i was talking to the other day um what they did is they actually recorded themselves on their yeah. iphone wow. um, reading out the manual and then played it back to themselves it was their own voice they had to get past the the point i was gonna
1: say that's the horrible bit isn't it is listening to your own voice
0: is um but then they could on the way to work they could listen to themselves and just the the very act of not being able to not having to read it yeah through repetition they could now listen to it they absorbed it really really quickly and i thought it was a a great way of doing it
1: yeah perfect i like that i want to give a quick learning point about what it actually is in terms of what are planes of motion that's great. Okay yeah you?
0: of course it is so
1: just stand up now wherever you are whatever you're doing maybe if you're uh, driving yes
0: yeah, no if you're not driving don't.
1: <laughs> other than that stand up i want you to stand in a neutral position so this is the position that you see um images of muscles and skeleton standing in the, in anatomical,
0: position. the
1: anatomical position anatomical position that's so correct Neil, toes tracking uh, forward
0: yeah. hips tracking forward stand up nice and tall as if you've got a big helium balloon pulling yeah. you upright so you're nice and long through the spine a nice neutral spine and palms arms are by your
1: side with palm palms spacing spacing facing forwards. forwards we're in sync um, um i wonder if we, if we could do this times. the
0: whole whole way through we could just say the same thing be a power
1: maybe i'm not sure <laughs> <laughs> uh, so sagittal plane is anything where you've got flexion and extension So in this um, neutral position that you're standing in, which is your anatomical position, just move your arms forward as if you're doing a frontal raise. Kind of like bringing your arms up into like this Frankenstein type movement. How apt,
0: because we're recording this on Halloween.
1: Oh yeah, there you go. (laughs) So Frankenstein movement will be perfect. Bring your arms up in front, that's a frontal raise. That is gonna be flexion of your shoulders. So flexion of your shoulders and extension of your shoulders when you bring them back down. Um, also you could step forward or if you kick your bums or bring your knee up your knee your heel up towards your bum um, that is all going to be flexion extension movements they happen in the sagittal plane and just notice you're moving forwards in space and then backwards in space that's all the sagittal plane motion and it's often likened to like a wheel so if you think a wheel on a car is moving forwards all the time, that's your sagittal plane. So
0: in the images of the sagittal plane, the pane of glass divides the body in half.
1: Yes, for, uh, left to right. Left path. to
0: right, cool. So then if we move on to frontal, the pla- the pane of glass is dividing the body from front, front, to back. front to back, or anterior being the front, posterior being the back of the body. Yeah. And then the type of actions, if I'm still in this anatomical position, are...
1: Uh, so this is going to be adduction and abduction. So taking your arms up to the side, bringing them back down. So a- abduction like a is a Yeah, and then adduction, bringing it back down to the side. You can do the same with your hips. Um, and also lateral flexion, so when you're moving your spine side to side. So that is frontal plane motion. I like to imagine I'm being squashed between two planes, panes of glass and then have to just move in that strict place, um, and that's frontal.
0: And then the final one would be transverse. And if we had a pane of glass
1: for this, this plane time,
0: of movement, yeah. it would divide the body upper and lower, upper and lower. So
1: it's like having being sliced through the midsection um, horizontally, so that you've it splits your upper body from your lower body. It allows rotation, so you're moving along that rotation line. It includes internal and external rotation of your arm and your hip. Um, and it also includes something that's in a horizontal plane uh, horizontal flexion and extension as well which is like giving someone a hug
0: oh there we go do i get a hug
1: you can have a hug oh, there we go
0: <laughs> and so you've got i know we've done a whistle stop tour there uh, but there's loads of stuff on our on our blog about this and some wicked uh, uh vlogs where we've done some extended kind of uh, youtube edits yep. on this so go over and he- head over there type into the search bar planes of motion you'll soon find them yeah, exactly. and is there anything else you want to add or I sh- we should have asked or should have said
1: no i think that really sums up planes of motion really nicely in terms of like just a good understanding of what it is but most importantly why you need to know it
0: cool so at level two and level three you must know planes of motion and then what we're going to do in a couple of episodes time is actually talk about axis of movement inside planes of motion Yes. Oh, shit. <laughs> but,
1: um, grasp this plane to motion first. Then, yes. when we move on to the axis of movement, it'll all make much more sense.
0: And, and I'm going to end it here. Send me an email. Send Haley and I an email. Let me know you're, you're enjoying this. Um, make sure you give us a five star review below because that helps us bump up through the podcast yeah. charts and more people to find us. But the let, email to send let to us you know info at parallel coaching.com. Coaching. Dot dot and, and let us know what you want. In the next revision session.
1: Yeah, Fit Pro session. Fit Pro yeah, session. That the...
0: So that's the end of this Fit Pro session. I'm going to jump forward. I've got about five minutes uh, to finish up with today's Power Hour. Here we go.
1: So, how do you learn, qualify, and kickstart as a Fit Pro? This is the Fit Pro Sessions podcast with Parallel Coaching.
0: So, let's start with your plan. Set a timer on your phone for three minutes, and we're going to answer four key questions. Question number one. What specific topic will you revise in the next 20 minutes? For example, if you're on your level three anatomy and physiology, you might choose module one for heart and circulatory system. Next, question two, what are the three to five buzzing questions you have about this topic? Grab a notepad and pen and write down your three to five questions now. Moving on to question three, what mode of learning will you use? Is this going to be your manual? Are you going to use YouTube or the Revision Mastery Bootcamp? Are you going to jump inside the cheat sheets or are you going to go back to previous notes? Question four, how will you test yourself in 20 minutes time to ensure you've learned what you set out to? Is this going to be a series of mock questions? Are you going to write down three to five uh, key points? Just know that it's key to test your knowledge on a regular basis. Next, you're going to set a timer for doing the revision for 20 minutes. So set a timer on your phone for 20 minutes and set towards answering the four questions from your planning. Once your 20 minutes is up, you've now got seven minutes to review and have a break. And we're going to answer three questions here. Number one is write down three to five keynotes that you've learned. Try not to overthink this. Literally write down in short bullet note form to avoid pages and pages of notes. What are the three to five keynotes that you've learned from your four questions you set out to? Next, you're gonna test your knowledge in two minutes and check your understanding. This could be one or two mock questions. It could literally be a review of your notes and pick out key points to test whether or not you've learned it, yes or no. Again, try not to overthink this. Finally, you're gonna set a timer on your phone for five minutes. Now you can head over, grab a cup of tea, cup of coffee, a bite to eat, use the bathroom, or head over to Facebook and veg out for a few minutes, whatever you want to do to relax your brain before you return back and complete another 30 minutes for today's Power Hour.
1: Hi, I'm Neil Bergman. And I'm Hayley Bergman. Over the last 10 years, we've helped thousands of fitness professionals to get qualified, learn with simplicity and coach clients with confidence.
0: We're the first to say that learning and being a fit pro doesn't have to be hard work and that with the right structure, support and resources, you can become a confident and knowledgeable fitness professional that is dedicated to more. So
1: how do you learn, qualify and kickstart as a fit pro? This is the Fit Pro Sessions podcast with Parallel Coaching.